Okay, you're going to love this podcast with Demona Hoffman. I I love Demona. We have great podcast chemistry. I was on her podcast. She's on my podcast. She has bona fides. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but this is what we're talking about today. We are talking about dating, all about dating. Demona's a bit of a dating expert. We're going to talk about the best practices for online dating profiles um, and the idea that the idea, the fact that guys who have dogs in their profile get more matches, the importance of knowing what you want and communicating that in your in your profile, um, how to best screen for people who are not a good match. We will talk about the Hawaiian pizza principle. Um, do long distance relationships work and how to make them work? Uh, best practices for first dates, the kind of dates that you can uh, go on if you don't drink. And then we do some Q&A, rapid fire, uh, listener Q&A. Uh, what should you ask for or what should you ask? Good questions to ask on the first date. Who pays for the first date? Um, this idea that he's at nine but follows thousands of Instagram models. What are guys looking for on the first date? Tips on getting more matches if you're a mediocre looking dude. And does sex on the first date change things? for like the development of the relationship and much, much more. Enjoy this conversation with Demona Hoffman. Demona Hoffman. <laughs> Sean, hello. <laughs> How's it going? Great. Nice to see you again. Yeah, likewise. This is a, we had such a fun conversation on your podcast that I was inspired and, and had to have you on mine. Oh my gosh. I was inspired too. We had a great conversation and we'll have more conversations today. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about dating. Can you first just introduce yourself? Give us your bona fides. Sure. My bona fides. I am a certified dating coach. Yes, I am certified. I, um, I'm also the official OkCupid dating coach in the U.S., and um, some of your listeners may have seen me on the Drew Barrymore show. I am her love coach on that show. I also am on Access Hollywood and NPR. And I host the Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman podcast. That's me. So happy that you're here. You have a uh, both a radio voice and a TV face. Oh, shucks. Now you're just flattering a girl. <laughs> and there, I know things, too. I know things. But, but thank you. And in all sincerity, I have been coaching people on dating. Specifically, I started out teaching people about how to use dating apps and writing profiles. I've been doing this for over 15 years, Sean. So um, not only do I have a face for <laughs> TV and a voice for radio, but I actually know some things and I'm excited to share them today. Yeah, me too. I mean, the, the joke there is that like, you know, good, they, they tell good looking people that they have a face, face for radio. For radio. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's hard to have so many, so many gifts, Sean, but you know what it's like. <laughs> I do. I do actually. So actually let's go there right away. Uh, do good looking people have an easier time dating? Interesting. Good question. I was actually just looking at some OkCupid data around this, that people are changing what they're looking for. Like they used to prioritize looks, but 
I don't know if it's like the effect of the pandemic or just people are becoming less shallow, but people are now prioritizing values and goals and um, all of these more important qualities that I've been trying to tell everyone to look for overlooks for so long. Um, They are prioritizing them overlooks. But I think looks can be a double-edged sword, right? Because people, like I, I remember I was working on a, I did this piece for um, Shondaland, Shonda Rhimes' website, and they had three dating coaches, and we all were polishing people's profiles. And I got this girl who was like, I don't know, 26, um, and very good looking, and she's like, help me with dating. And I made some changes to her profile, which we can talk about, that actually resulted in her getting fewer messages. But she was really happy with the work that I did because the messages that she got had more substance and more quality to them because everyone was looking at her profile just as like this hot girl that they wanted to hook up with. But when we led with substance and personality and all these other things that I do when I create a profile for someone, then she was able to attract somebody who was really interested in more than just her looks. Yeah, I've also heard people say or the the strategy that – Women have to filter. What is it? Women have to put more information on their profile to filter out dudes. If we're talking about just heterosexual dating norms, and guys have to put less stuff because they need to get more matches. Oh yeah, there's a whole strategy. This is this is what I've built my whole career on. There's a strategy <laughs> because there's different parts of the process where you want to filter. So I have everyone in my program start with mindset, of course. We need clarity. What are you doing there? (laughs) What are you on the app for? Because a lot of times people don't even know. They're just like, I I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, we're just supposed to be always dating people. (laughs) Like, that is expected. But do you have a relationship goal? Is there something that you want? Are you there for a casual relationship? relationship? Are you there for a hookup? Are you there for something serious, have clarity on that first. And then we get into the the sourcing of how you're finding dates and then the screening of how you're determining if somebody's a good match for you or not before you waste a lot of time with them. And sometimes people want to put the cart before the horse. Like if somebody gets a lot of messages, then they start thinking, oh, I need to filter in my profile and I need to start saying phrases like, don't message me if, and then people will read it and they will magically know that if they fit that criteria, that they shouldn't message me. But it backfires because if you see that kind of negativity, it makes all of the people say, mm, I don't really want to be with somebody like that. And I have the data from OkCupid that proves this. If you say a phrase like that, you're not, it's not effective screening. You're you're turning everyone off instead of the people that you are trying to filter out. Is it better to say, do message me if it's you love cats, <laughs> you... Oh, don't get me started about cats. I get a lot of hate mail about cats. want kids, you're <laughs> pro-choice, you live within 30 miles of this town. Uh, it's better to just be authentic. That's really... This is all I've done. This is what all I've does done. that even mean? To really... Tell your story of who you authentically are. Like, how many times have I read a profile? You've probably seen the same thing where it's like trying to be a catch-all to every 
everyone, everything. We want to be liked. It's not social media. It's a dating dating profile. So you're like, I'm just as comfortable in a pair of sweats as I am in a, in a, at a formal dress and heels. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're That's either, not true. You're, like, you know what I mean? Like, just, I say, pick a side of the street, pick a side of the street to be on. And, and don't worry about the people that are like, oh, he or she is not right for me. He or she or they um, are not right for me because of this thing, they will self-select out. You don't need to shine a light on it. So a pizza for everyone is a pizza for no one. <laughs> Just get cheese, Sean, okay? <laughs> also, everyone okay, likes also, cheese, except for the wait, lactose intolerant people. If you're a Hawaiian pizza, right, which is, which is that you are like... Which is the worst pizza? No. See, okay. Interview's over. <laughs> Okay, so if you're a Hawaiian pizza, which means that you are a little weird, you are unconventional, you are not for everybody, and you will not convince someone who does not like Hawaiian pizza to like Hawaiian pizza, but the people that do like Hawaiian pizza, they really like it, right? So to your point of being authentic, don't be somebody that you're not trying to get more people. The goal isn't to get more people. Yeah, and the data supports this too. Yeah, yes, one per ideally. Although then the non-monogamy people write me and they're like, Demona, you said on Dates and Mates that you're looking for one person. I'm not actually joking. I have gotten feedback. No, I know. The poly (laughs) folks, the like pro-poly folks are, you know, look. I love them. (laughs) I love them. I recognize that it's a valuable relationship structure it is also not for everybody it's i would actually even venture to say it's not for most people because it requires an insane amount of sitting with discomfort and jealousy and epic communication skills and a lot of self-awareness and most of us just don't have all of that um but yes to their point you can have more than one you can look for more than one you can it's all good but most of the people you and i coach are probably looking for one at least one for now Right. <laughs> Mr. Right now. Mr. Mr. Mrs. Right now. <laughs> or the the gender neutral. How what is the gender neutral? This is formal mix. Oh, mix. Yeah, that's a thing. Mix and that's right also now. been a big trend that we're seeing. A lot of people are changing their their gender identity. Um a lot of people are changing their sexuality. Um this like the last 2 years has been a really big magnifying glass i think on our lives and really gave us an opportunity to figure out what is important what like if this is really a life or death decision what what it, what am i doing with my life how do i want to live my life and it, it opened up a lot actually for for dating because i used to get i live in la sean and like it's a long distance relationship if somebody's like five miles away <laughs> That is a long distance. People would come to me with this five mile radius and they're like, there's no one sing there's no one single where I live. I'm like, okay, we have to play with some of the levers, which is what I really love doing with clients, is figuring out what are some of those things that you thought were deal breakers that you might be able to compromise on that maybe actually aren't that important that could open up a whole new pool for you. But people started saying, Well, if I don't have to be here to date, or if I could date by coastally, or if I could go on the road and do my job from anywhere? Could I date from anywhere? I mean, I know, you know, you've had the experience of moving recently. With these if, gas prices, you can't be dating more than five miles outside your home. 
<laughs> That's why public transit is so important. Uh, but By no, I had a public lo- transit. <laughs> You're like, honey, I'll see you in 20 days. We're taking the Greyhound. <laughs> uh, I've never done that. It sounds like a fun idea for like an hour and 45 minutes and then a terrible idea. Well, you were saying that I moved recently? Yeah. And so when you are pursuing what makes you happiest in life, a relationship, it may change your factors in the pursuit of a relationship. And I have had a lot of clients that have um, moved into long distance relationships because of the technology. Like I've been coaching people for 15 years. Let me tell you, the video... The video chat technology 15 years ago was not there. That was not really a possibility. If you really wanted to date someone long distance, you had to have a strategic plan and you had to be willing to do a lot of flying. Now you can form a relationship long distance. And and I I still encourage my clients to have a plan for what does it look like in the best case scenario? Cuz I I don't you can't date I don't feel like you can have a relationship long distance, long term. I don't know if you agree with that. I mean, I, I think there are some people that that can work for them, you know, because of their life. Because their avoidance attachment. Style, no, just because they like they need a lot of space. They need a lot of space. Um, but I think that most people are probably going to want to prioritize living together or in the same area at some point. So there has to be some movement towards getting closer. Um, but you, you have those like bi- busy folks that, you know, will travel every two months to see each other and that works really fine for them. So no or judgment. <laughs> no uh, maybe judgment, forever, maybe forever. Who knows? I don't if know both people want it, then who are we to say that that's not going to work? Um, okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm all for whatever you like. No, I, I'm all for whatever anyone who's listening wants, like, I, I say go for the life that you want to build. I also pull from years of data from, you know, OkCupid user experiences, from my own coaching experiences. And I can tell you statistically what works and what doesn't. Of course, there will always be exceptions, but I, I'm going to teach you the rule, not the exception. I'm here for the outliers. I'm teaching you the exception. <laughs> That's why there's space for Sean and there's space for me and all of these other dating coaches that can guide you to get what to To find your narrative, guide you to confusion, guide you to confusion. (laughs) Ultimately, you know, you can take all of this advice and everyone's got different advice and you have to apply what is right for you. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. What resonates for you? Okay. A couple of things. Um, so hot people, just to go back to hot people, I think that hot people uh, have an, an added challenge is that they have more options. And so what you then have is choice paralysis, right? And the forever, seemingly forever pursuit of better. Mm. And I, I've experienced this a little bit because I, I identify sort of as an optimizer. And so I'm always trying to optimize in all of my life and that includes a partner you know but i've also realized that having unreasonable expectations of what my partner can be uh, w- would lead me to a life of loneliness because it's unreasonable most people aren't going to be able to meet all of those needs and have all of those perfect attributes and we all you know at the same time 
values are important in who we choose to be a partner with or to date. And at the same time, you do have to find them cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some cuteness there because I, you know. Here's how I, here's how I frame it for my listeners. I have them lead with curiosity first. So are you curious enough at the end of the first date to spend, let's say another hour, hour and a half, and we can talk about timing of early dates uh, later because I have some strict rules around that. But you only really need to be curious to get through the first three dates. If by the third date, you don't have some kind of like curiosity about them physically, sexually, then it's probably more of a friendship and you're probably you're probably forcing attraction. But up until that point, I I find that we operate based on our programming. And there are so many factors that go into when you say, oh, I have an attraction to this person. And uh, I, I'll, I'll just frame this in terms of also um, as a person who is biracial and I work with a lot of people on interracial dating. A lot of times when I would look at people's profiles, the default was always like, I will date these races, but not this race. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't have to say which race I'm talking about. I think right. you know. Um, and I don't actually, but that's okay. Oh, well, black, Sean, black. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I was, I don't know, so maybe Asians or something. I have no idea. I'm glad. Well, so it's, yeah, traditionally, there's, there's this narrative about black women and Asian men that actually was started by the OkCupid blog, like, 15 years ago and yet people in it, it showed that black women sent the few the most messages and receive received the fewest responses and Asian, same for asian men this is uh -huh. old programming this is old this is does not apply to today necessarily um but people like really hold on to this and internalize it and operate based on it and so let the record state that this is old data and okay we're not going to repeat it anymore <laughs> but okay. but I do find that there is bias. And so the bias may be around race. It may be around um, education. I see that a lot. Uh, height, income level, whatever your bias is of the thing that like that you get excited for. It's a product of the experiences that you had and the familiarity that you have with that feature. And any we're we're like biologically conditioned to anything that seems like different foreign we push it away so we we tend to make the same decisions be attracted to the same kind of people we are also then a product of the media that we consume and what that tells us about what is attractive and it takes a lot of conscious effort to kind of reprogram uh those attractions but sometimes it's worth it Sean Hey, you know what? I 100% agree with you. I think uh, the way I can kind of connect to this is if I look at my ex-girlfriends that I didn't meet online, and there are a few of them, if I saw them in profile form, I'm not sure I would have swiped right. Because I'm not a good judge of what I am actually attracted to in person on a dating app. Nobody is, really, honestly. Um, and I really encourage people when they're swiping to swipe a little bit more liberally. Uh, Cause a lot of times you can find 
elements of people attractive when they don't nobody also most people don't know how to take a photo like how to f- take a photo of themselves that looks that is attractive right you kind of do i kind of go back and forth on that because well, you got to mix it mix it up you got to mix it up but i do find that now there are a lot of photographers and photography companies that specialize in like Life, these kind of lifestyle photos. It has to look like you. It can't look superposed because then, then it reads as fake and phony. But look like the best version of yourself, which a lot of people aren't really sure how to do that. You got to mix and match. You got to have a couple headshots. You got to have a couple things that are, you know, maybe professionally done. And then you have to have a couple selfies yeah. of what you look like normally. And a recent photo of you. I, I usually put a photo of me and say, May 2022. This is what I look like right now. You know? Yeah, that's that's a smart that's a smart uh, approach, although some people are like not not ready to face that. <laughs> Especially, you know, the the COVID-19, you know. Oh, the COVID-19. Yeah. I uh I I've been on a lot of dates. I've I've used many many dating apps. And one of the the biggest compliments that I get on a regular basis is that you look exactly the way you do in your profile. How does that make you feel? That like I put some pictures that are representative of what I look like. I like I I never know if, if you want to take that as like thank that you up. or like uh but how sad is that that they've had so many dates with people that didn't look like their profiles, right? <laughs> that is sad. So sad for them. Um, but that's okay, true. So yeah, can that can happens. we really quickly talk about because I have a funny story of uh, the things, the like, uh, the things that most basic dudes and women, uh, men and women, put on their profiles that you can see like in fifty percent of profiles. Oh, um. Hmm. So for for me, a woman, it's like I love tacos. That's one that you tacos see. Oh, tacos are great. Yeah, of course, but you see it everywhere you know like that's the common thing that's the one of the things that that really shows up in women's profiles do you know others that might show up in in men's profiles or women's profiles or well i have been hearing a lot about the hunting and fishing photos yes and we're done with those guys my friend calls that the 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 grip and grin (laughs) um it's not hot it's not hot guys i know you want to show off your your um, male prowess, but we don't, we can go to the store. We don't need you to catch a deer for us. Well, you know what? Look, that's a very LA centric viewpoint. No, I it's not. Just hey, 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 hold on. Let me let me speak. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I have friends in Montana. I was in Colorado. I live in Arizona now. I spent a lot of time in areas where there is fishing and hunting. And I've heard from women saying like, hey, you know what? The fish thing doesn't really bother me because at least I know that that's something that's important to you. All right. Well, if that if they're into, look, nothing on your profile is a turnoff for the wrong, for the right person, right? So some, yes, yeah, some people are going to be into the fish. I get, I get emails from people and DMs from people all over the country. And the consensus is <laughs> down with the fish. Here's the, the the bottom line with the dating profile. You have to be the star of your profile. So if you make it about your hunting, your fishing, your uh, fancy car, which I also, unpopular opinion in LA, 
don't give a crap about whatsoever. If you make your profile about something else, you're robbing yourself of an opportunity. And for for women, like that could even be a profile photo with four of your girlfriends and we can't even tell which one you are or a bikini shot, which is just like a thirst trap dating profile um, pick. And sure, you may get like that was one thing on the, the Shondaland profile that I was like, let's like save the bikini shot, save a little mystery. Like we already know you're pretty. We already know that you take care of yourself and you you have a, a nice figure. You don't need to put it. You don't need to lead with that. Let that be something that can be discovered because you're just going to get inundated with all of these messages. And then then you have to do all the screening in the DMs, which is exhausting. Right. Less people, if yeah, if you're cute, leave the bikini shot out of the profile. Yeah. Also, I can't I feel, tell you words though that do well on. Yeah, um, do. But before you, you do that, I feel like I'm being contrarian to whatever you're saying, just for sake of argument. <laughs> I can, I, I, but this is why I like you because we we get to we get to debate about these things. I can feel I, myself doing it. <laughs> I I'm I'm not offended by it. I think it's good to it's healthy to have um multiple perspectives. But there actually are some words that can get you more matches and I'll tell you what the words are and then I'll tell you why I think that they work. So um, according to OkCupid data, profiles that include the words dog, travel, music, and love get the most matches and likes. <laughs> I, I'm for sure four for four on those in my profiles in the past. I'm sure. Well, I know dog, like obviously. <laughs> and travel. Uh, maybe travel. not music actually, yeah. but and, and love, you know. See, I think all of these things, I was talking earlier about being authentic. All of these things are usually elements of your life that you're really passionate about. You're passionate about travel. So you're going to talk about that authentically. You're going to talk about that with the same kind of energy and enthusiasm that you would probably bring forward on a date. And definitely pets. We we actually see that people, um, this is fun, that funny thing about the pets. Uh, guys who have dogs in their profiles tend to get more matches. Guys who have cats can't can't make it work. I mean, <laughs> people think I I'm anti-cat really when I say this. <laughs> I know. I think I also never really trusted a man with a cat. I don't know why. Maybe it's the Doctor Evil. You know. Yes. He had his little. Uh, I don't know if it's like a an independence thing like cats are very independent or if it's like considered a more of a feminine animal i'm not really sure but well, um those are the stats guys yeah that's interesting the the dog thing you know all all the, those four words make sense right dog is shows an ability to keep a living thing alive right uh travel means you have a sense of adventure so maybe a more of a spontaneous go with the flow kind of person uh, music is, you know, value entertainment and, uh, you know, I don't know, like a fun lifestyle. And then love, well, that's just tapping into what women want. Well, and beyond beyond that, I think people would use the word love to describe things that they love. And then we're using, again, passion words. We're infusing a lot of personality into the profile. Um, oh, I just thought of one thing that I always see that I just 
I strike out immediately. People feel the need to qualify why they are there or that they can't believe that they are on this app. Oh, yeah. Or that they've tried the app before and it didn't work, but here they are again. Just jump into it. Like, people don't have time for your preamble. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, if I see that, I'm, I'm, it's a turnoff for me. Like, yeah. oh, uh, my, my biggest secret is that I'm on this dating app. Or the thing I'm most ashamed of is that I'm on this dating app. It's like, hey, I'm on it too. I'm here you know? too. What Come are you on. saying about me? Yeah, exactly. And also, all of that real estate is really precious. And, you know, when I started writing dating profiles, we had like three, four, five paragraphs. Now you got like 140 characters. <laughs> And a couple photos, six photos, and that's it. I mean, so, that's what bums bums me out the most about what happened to OkCupid. Is it? I bet I was an OkCupid fan. I mean, I guess I still am technically, but I'm not on dating apps right now. Um, was how verbose you could be, and how you know you could have a really complete profile. Um, I really like that about about OkCupid. It has been a double edged sword that everyone has wanted to to move towards efficiency. Like I think Tinder really, we talked about this a little bit on dates and mates, but Tinder really disrupted the game with the swipe technology and that it was just so easy to create a profile and then just get onto yes or no, hot or not swiping dates. And I don't know. I mean, that's Do you remember really that website? Was. Yeah, of course. I hotter, did we talk about the hot or not.com? We didn't talk about that, no. But oh. of course, I remember that. <laughs> I, that's a fine. I, I remember getting like a really high score uh. on that because I put like a really good photo of myself <laughs> abnormally. What like, is you know, the, the trick? What is the trick? Just uh, be well, ridiculously good looking. Yeah, be ridiculously <laughs> good looking. I was on like a Greek island with like I think there was golden hour, and I was with like a you know a woman Always. at the time. So Always golden hour. Yeah, take advantage of the lighting, y'all, because lighting really matters. But uh, that just it flooded the dating apps. I think the two biggest disruptors were Tinder making the dating app apps accessible to everyone. Cause before, you know, you paid for them, like then it was free. It was easy to use. And then COVID also brought in a new influx of people to the, to the apps where I feel like the stigma is really gone. But now we have so many people who are there for all different intentions that it's very, it can be really exhausting. Right. And a lot of the apps had to move in the direction of being more um, of keeping up with the speed, the increasing speed of dating. But I do think that that in some cases was to the detriment of some of the other features that allowed you to get a level deeper. But I'll give you a hot tip on OkCupid. You actually can still search on the desktop by... Um, keywords and it will keyword into the matching questions. So even though you used to be able to keyword search the entire profile, now you can still keyword those matching questions, which really actually can tell you quite a lot about the person that you're looking for if you're willing to do the work. But a lot of people don't want to do the work. They just want to swipe, swipe, swipe. If I type in climbing, will that pick up um, or does it or does the question the, does the word have to be in the question. question it has to yeah the word now has to be in the question you used right. to be able to do that and that's no, how I like that. i have clients that i've found matches in that way like i had one that got a motorcycle and she was like really about this motorcycle lifestyle and i was like that has to be in some guys profiles and i found all these guys that were like right under her nose but because of the way that she'd set up her filters they weren't coming up and she ended up 
I met, I highlighted one guy for her. She matched with him, went on a date with him. Uh, a year and a half later, they got married. And turns out they had gone to the same high school, but they were five years apart. So they did not go at the same time. They had worked at the same company in different divisions and they lived five miles away from one another. Not in LA. <laughs> so five, five, five. Close. Five and in the close uh, yeah, close setting. And so that's the, that's the power of dating apps and why I am so bullish with my clients about dating apps. I mean, that's not all that I think people should be doing. I don't think people should just rely on one source. Like, and then you don't go out anywhere and you don't talk to anyone. You can't just be like, oh, I'm on the apps. But if you use all of the tools, it can really expand your dating pool. And this guy was right there right there in her backyard. And she would have missed him without the dating app being able to expand her pool in that way. So, Yeah. And, you know, to be contrarian, uh, you can also put your dating app away for a little bit if you're feeling burned out by online dating and like go back to a pre-Tinder time. And it is still possible to meet people in real life. There, there are a whole bunch of people who will never use a dating app. My ex-girlfriend, sure. for one, she's like never had to, never wants to, just prefers to meet people organically in life and isn't even looking for anything. She's just doing stuff that she likes to do and will meet people that way. So there is a way for you to meet people off the apps. I saw your post on that. I did not comment, but I will comment now. <laughs> comment now, live, <laughs> live. vocally. Um, I actually agree with you. A lot of people think because I'm so... Uh, so pro dating apps that you should always be on an app. And that is not the case at all. If you're in a place of burnout, you should definitely take a pause. I just like to have, if somebody's working with me, I say, take a pause for like three, four weeks and then set a date on your calendar where you're going to go back in. Cause we can just, we can just slip and slide into like, I'm just gonna, that was a bad analogy, but just like I, you can just slide into I'm just, I'm dating, but I'm not using the apps. And then wake up a year later and realize I have not made any progress to this goal. And if it's a really important goal to you, which it is for a lot of my listeners, then it is something that you should in some way be proactive on. So that could be in going to singles events. A lot of those are coming back now. It could be, you know, just going and talking to people in bars or in, in, uh, I used to go to um, art galleries all the time. They'd have like singles events at art galleries. Like I, I help people figure out what who's the ideal person that you're looking to meet. And then where would that person be? Like I'm looking for, I was looking for the nerds, <laughs> the, you know, the intellectuals. And I I was not going to find them, I don't think, up on the Sunset Strip. But I might find them at the bookstore at a reading. At the climbing gym. At, the climbing you know, gym. I mean, if, if you, if that, that's me. That's me. I like climbing. So, but I've always been resistant to also go into male dominated spaces and use those as places to hook up or hit on people. So I'm always like super, super careful of those dynamics. Yeah. Right. And so that's I usually interesting. approach people from a friendly platonic capacity and then sort of gauge whether there might be something there, a little opening. 
Well, I think that's a good strategy kind of anywhere, anytime, right? Like we get so far ahead of ourselves of what the outcome is that we're trying to create when, especially if it's a place that you go to all the time, like you make a bold move and suddenly now you're changing your climbing schedule because you feel really awkward, right? Yeah, or you've made someone feel unsafe. Sure. I hadn't thought of it in that way. Um, I actually have talked about going into... um, Areas where the your gender is underrepresented if you're hetero dater. Uh, so guys, especially in LA, <laughs> yoga. going to yoga. How did yeah. you know? How did you know what I was going to say? I mean, I, I, yoga. I know. I, I've done it. Yeah, <laughs> I, yoga, I hiking. Up. Like we out there, we out there in these streets. But like in a yoga class, I do yoga. Of course, I do, and Pilates, and like. Literally, I think I've seen one guy in my Pilates class in the last three weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, if you can be a friendly person and right. not make it, you should never don't make push it weird. too hard to make it uncomfortable. Yeah, don't make it weird, guys. Don't hit on someone while they're in down dog. Wait till they're in child's pose. That's a much safer pose. It depends on if you're approaching them from the front or the back, though. JK, don't approach anybody during the practice. The appropriate time to talk to somebody at yoga is after yoga, when people are putting their shoes on and like sort of all relaxed. And you could say, how was the class for you? You know? Yeah, I was going to say, let's give people some some openers. I get asked for openers a lot. So how, how was, was the, the class? How, for- how was the class? Yeah, did you enjoy that class? You have a very I mean, I know you're not practice. supposed to ask a, a closed, oh God, thank you for sharing your practice with me. You have a very strong practice. <laughs> People always say. Cringe. Cringe. <laughs> like, yes, yes, thank you. Uh, what a compliment. But I think people get really caught up in the specific words, but it's really just creating any kind of opening for connection. It could be a comment on the space or I, I think commenting on them specifically can be more awkward, can be more oh, creepy, yeah. right? Yeah, I think a, a sh- ideally there's a shared experience there. You know, if you both yeah. witness someone tripping on a curb, you could be like, man, guy's going to have a bad day. That's <laughs> and then, and then, so what you're doing is you're, you're creating an opening and then gauging whether they choose to, you know, open the door a little bit wider or leave it half open or close into your face by walking away. So you create an opening for them and then you see how do they, how do they react. Totally. How do you read that though? I think a lot of people misread the signals. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I'm agreeing uh, with you. And yeah, I mean, reading signals is hard because some people, most people, including myself, are notoriously bad at giving off verbal, nonverbal signs that we do want or don't want something. Yeah. So I think it's. Should we be more verbal? Maybe we should be more verbal. That's always been my. That's my whole thing. Be more verbal. True, I know. But how, but how do you do that in a, in a, the the initial approach, right? You can't. You can't be like, "Hey, are you into this this weird conversation that I just started with you?" Or no. I. <laughs> I actually have my clients just practice creating openings when they don't want anything out of the outcome. Just so that they can get more familiar, especially after COVID, like we're wearing masks. We're trying not to have not to be six feet (laughs) in six feet of contact with people. And so we've almost been practicing the opposite skills and we have to fortify those skills to be able to reconnect, to hold a conversation. And 
so much tension and awkwardness comes out when we're like, the goal is that I want to go on a date with this person or hook up with this person that we get weird, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it's okay to be weird. It's okay to be weird. You know, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to feel weird. Cause usually to feel weird. That's right. Usually something weird is happening here. Don't speaking of weird. You hear me? Yeah. No, I can hear you. Okay. Usually, has like some, some I'm having some pro audio level pro studio level. mixer that is not working convince, for me right now. Convince her to get a little basic podcasting one. The thing to remember is that that weirdness is all in your head. Like, unless you're actually being weird. unless you're being weird, you're, you're right. But but just like the tension, like before you go and approach someone, you know, when your heart starts beating faster and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? That all is, they don't know what you're going to say or do necessarily. And so we can stop ourselves because we're so afraid of the potential weirdness or that they can see it, that then we do start becoming weird and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. In in which case I like to suggest, and I do myself, hijack yourself, right? When you start trying to overthink or getting real scared, just stop and walk up to the person. Like just cut yourself off or cut yourself. Yeah. Cut yourself off Mm -hmm. from that line of reasoning that like, Oh, this is going to be weird. I'm going to be scared of what they're going to say. Holy shit. What if I don't know what to say? Just go walk up to there. And then you you don't have a choice. You're, you're going to be standing in front of someone having to say something and say something. Right. So number one, number two, you know, you've seen people do like public speaking or someone like going on and doing TV or like doing their first podcast. And they're like, oh my God, I was so nervous. And you didn't see it at all. This happens all the time, right? Right. So right. you might be feeling weird, but not be acting particularly weird. Right, right. And the more that you practice it, the less weird it will feel. Um, that's one thing that I take from the pickup artist community, which I don't take a lot from them, (laughs) but I do like their idea of doing approaches just, just to get over the, the mental block of like, I'm going to get rejected or she's not, she doesn't like me. And the more that you do it, the less weight each of those individual interactions has. 100%. Yeah. You can like 100%. And I, you know, I'm always saying that, like, you got to let go of the outcome, even on dates, like, let go of the outcome, just be, your job is just be present and listen. Because if you're really listening, you can have an authentic conversation without having to do so much work. Like I was just talking to a potential client yesterday, and she was saying that she got the feedback from three different, three different dates she'd had with a matchmaker that like, she was pretty, she was smart, but there wasn't the attraction. And immediately I got the sense that there, like, there's something that's happening if the attraction isn't there, but they find you attractive and their attraction isn't there. I really get curious about what's happening in that, in that time that is, is either, it's not drawing them in. Maybe it's pushing them away. Maybe it's, maybe it's just not drawing them in. But I was like, on your next date, like, try, just, just know that there's nothing you have to do to be attractive to this person. You're already attractive. You're already intelligent. Those are those 
our realities. Just try to like relax into the experience and let it unfold. Because I imagine she probably was pushing a little bit too hard on yeah. getting those qualities across. Yeah. We got to remember at the end of the day, dating is supposed to be fun, right? Oh, We're yeah. looking for a potential mate. We're like connecting with another human. Uh, I, I, I try to like learn at least three interesting things about the person. That That's sort of the, my outlook on meeting anybody. At, mm-hmm. at, like, let's say you were invited to an event where you don't know anybody. Just be a bit of a reporter. Try to find three interesting things about anybody that you meet there. That's it. You know, and I'm not saying like, you know, the, the annoying reporter that peppers questions nonstop, but try to uncover three interesting things about somebody that, that most people might not know about. Right. That's so, a great tip. That's a great tip. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just try to have fun. Just try that. That's, I mean, you said, are you curious? You know, find out if you're curious enough to see them again. And I, and I say, do I like this person enough to see them again? Mm-hmm. You know? Samesies, samesies, Same, right? Pretty much. Yours is just a little <laughs> more developed. No, no. I but I like your your specificity around like if you're going for three three discoveries, that can really focus the attention on a date because I think what happens is we get to the date and then immediately it's just like, uh, do I like them or not? And and that happens in the first what. 90 seconds, maybe. I mean, it takes seven seconds for somebody to to develop their first impression of you. Then maybe you spend the next the next 30 minutes trying to unravel that and poke holes in that and rethink it, but you've already formed your opinion. But if you can kind of delay that space of forming an opinion and stay in the curiosity space, like you're a reporter, like you said, you're trying to get information, that can really it it changes the parts of your brain that that you're using in in this connection and it also gets you out of your head a lot and gets you more into what's happening what you're feeling and that's another thing that i think a lot of people aren't doing too much yeah take it easy there's no rush you know okay so what are these early what's the early date timing since what's the early date timing yeah, you, you said you had, oh, some, oh, oh. you had some thoughts, some oh, yeah. some thoughts about like wow. how long they should notes? last. How are you yeah, a reporter the, or something? It's I'm taking notes. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Okay, uh, I think most people overstay their first dates. Yeah. Uh, so I have my clients really aim to keep it about an hour, and yeah. the reason why is well, one, you're going to probably drink more. <laughs> most people are drinking on first dates. You're probably going to drink more. Is yes. that the date the data suggest? Um well, this is just this is an anecdotal. It's not like okay cupid data. <laughs> but um there actually is data that dry dating is more of a trend. But I digress. We're not talking about that because it's not January. <laughs> well, dry but my dating. whole life is I've been sober fifteen years and so I just don't drink I, I don't I generally I don't drink on dates and oftentimes my dates are daytime dates. That is great. That is also a trend, day dating. So, so obviously, Sean, you already figured these things out. So I'm going to help uh, the other people who are, who are pre-drinking on dates. I, I write for the Washington Post for a column called Date Lab, and we set people up on dates like a matchmaking column. And then I, I write like a he said, she said, they said, he said, he said. It's, it's open. And a lot of times people will admit to me, oh, I had a white claw. I don't know why a white claw is the pre 
date drink of choice. I've written three times about a White Claw in the last year. But people will pound a White Claw before they go or have a drink, a glass of wine or do a shot before they even get to the date. Then they'll get to the date and they'll have usually more than one drink. So no judgment on like if that's your lifestyle. I know it's not your lifestyle, Sean, but for anybody listening... Uh, but set that limit for yourself before so that you know that point where you are no longer making good decisions because you have to be clear and present on that first date. You're not making judgments, but I am. If you drink on your date, that is bad. <laughs> JK, but uh, I think people people drink because they're anxious and they, sure. they're nervous about, about meeting a stranger and hoping that they like them and hoping that they're fun and witty and they think that a drink's going to help with that. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But there is a point of diminishing returns. So if Absolutely. you already know in your head before you get there, like I know... Sean, you can't tell this because I'm sitting down. I'm five feet tall. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm fun size. I'm a, I'm a little thing. If I have more than one drink, forget it. I, you're, you're going to be wheeling me out of there. I'm not going to make good decisions. I'm not going to be clear and present. And so I would set for myself a limit. Like I know I'm only having one drink because after that point, I'm not my best self on a date. So if you make that determination before you even get there, you've made a decision about making a decision. You don't you don't have to make a second order decision once you get there because that the waitress comes over and says, would you like another drink? You don't have to in that moment. Oh, I'm having a good time. Do I need to make another? Oh, do I need to get another drink? You don't have to make that decision because you already made the decision before you even got to the date. Soda water. S- soda water. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I have a club soda. I so I, as, a, as a sober person, uh, I also, I mean, I have gone on plenty of dates where we meet up at a bar, like a cool bar, you know, yeah. something that's not too loud. I hate it when it's too loud. I'm getting old, right? But I, I want to be able to hear the person that I'm on a date with. But a lot of people have asked me, hey, I don't drink. How do I deal with that? And I, and I go, well, just go to, a, go to the, you know, if, if going to a bar is not a trigger for you, because I think for a lot of recovering alcoholics, it is. But for yeah. me, it's not. Um Go, go, go to a bar, say like, let's meet up for a drink. Then you don't even have to say like, oh, I don't drink. Can we meet up for coffee and, and have this whole conversation before you even need to have it? And uh, when you get to the bar and the bartender asks you what you want, just say club soda or whatever, Coke or, you know, a J- a Jolly Rogers. Um, and then they'll say, oh, you don't drink? And you go, no. Yeah, you don't and make then, a deal of it. It just yeah, is. Yeah, and then and they'll go, why not? And you can be like, oh, I don't don't like the way it makes me feel. I'm a recovering alcoholic or, you know, I drank a bunch. Now I don't drink at all. You know, it's like not that big a deal. So that's one way of approaching it. Oh, and the other way of, of course, is to have coffee dates or, you know, activity dates. I love activity dates. They're so yeah. underrated. Dog walk is my, it's a go-to because if the, uh, the date sucks, then at least we all got to walk in, you know? <laughs> but my dog will eat your dog. So... <laughs> I have had my dog is not the co-walking type. (laughs) We we have to talk about if they have a dog too. We have to talk about are the dog friendly? How are we going to get there? Should we just meet there? You know, there's there's some considerations there. Yeah, yeah. I I, it's good to plan in advance and to think about all of these scenarios. But activity dates are great because it takes the pressure off of that interaction. You're doing something else. You're doing in an activity date could be like 
I know I keep bringing up the museum. I really love the museum. You could meet at a museum. You could nerd. meet <laughs> nerd. I, t- I, I self-proclaimed. I, I, I hear you. You know, but you a, could, a museum is a great date. It's a great it's a date. Great There's date. so much to do and so much to look at and so much to yeah. talk about. Totally, totally. And, and even like going for a walk in an outdoor space where, hey, Arboretum, it doesn't have to be a museum. <laughs> it's like an outdoor museum of trees. But uh, setting yourself up for success where it's not like so much pressure on that interaction. And then this just takes the pressure off when you know I'm only staying for an hour. I tell my clients to have an entry, be coming from somewhere and be going to somewhere. So you already have an exit strategy and it's not like suddenly abruptly we're connecting and all of a sudden I'm like, I have to go like Cinderella. I'm like, it's midnight. (laughs) And then I run away and I leave my slipper and you're like, I have to find this girl. You don't have to do all of that. You could just say, oh, I, you know, I have to get up early in the morning. Um, but I'm really excited to meet you. That's the thing to really emphasize your enthusiasm because a lot of times people don't know how to do this right. And they're just like, I told them I have to go at nine. And then it sound, it starts to sound like really um, demanding and um, does not bode well for the date. But if you have that plan, then you can leave them wanting more. The date can end feeling like it's ending in the middle and there's more to be discovered. I like that. I usually say like I can only stay for a couple drinks or I can only stay for an hour. And then um, if the date's going really well, I- I'll go like, oh, actually, turns out I can stay longer. But you don't need to stay longer because you're... But sometimes I want to stay longer. I know. I know. I know. Sometimes, you know, there's got to be room for uh, an exception when you're really having a great time. You're saying like, like hey, let's, uh, let's chat for... Let, let's continue chatting. Or can I walk you home? Or like, you know, let's extend this for a little bit. I think we can... Rules are meant to be broken, of course. I love writing rules and then I love breaking them. And I, when I met my husband, I, I did have two drinks, I will admit. I was a sloppy mess. No. <laughs> See? See? You, you, hypocrite. Hypocrite. But, but I feel like it's the momentum. How dare you? It was the momentum that got me to that point, right? And, and having a plan and a process in place helped me build up that, that momentum where I could have the confidence to know is this situation different? But I do find a lot of people want to go to that second location because they want to extend the feeling it's going well. And then the energy goes, gets, dissipates, and you end it on a low note when you could have ended it on a high. Well, I, I heard multiple locations is, that's like a pickup artist move, right? Well, it doesn't you- work. For long-term relationships. I didn't know that was a pickup artist move, actually. But I've said for 15 years not to go to a second location. So that explains everything. Let me think about it. Okay, first, my my latest girlfriend, my current girlfriend, we had one location. The one before that as well. The one before that as well. Yeah, That's three for three in the past three relationships. See, we have the data to back this up. <laughs> You're on to something. <laughs> Okay. 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 You ready for Q and A? We're going rapid fire Q and A. Let's go. All right. This I hate this question, but I get it all the time. What to talk about on the first date to make it memorable slash interesting, effective questions to ask on a first date? What are so, what are we supposed to be talking about here on the first date? Get people to tell you a story instead of just answering questions. So you're talking about the reporter status. If you a good reporter isn't just getting sound bites, they're actually pulling the story out of you. So uh, the difference between this is what kind of music do you listen to? And they're like, oh, I listen to hip hop and rap and jazz. <laughs> I don't know if they listen to jazz. <laughs> Versus I what 
uh, what's the last concert that you went to or what's the next concert that you're going to? And then that will tell you a lot more context and, and more storytelling behind it. Okay. So yeah, get them to talk about stories. Get them to tell you a story. Get them to tell you a story. Yeah. And tell uh, me a story. <laughs> and I also, again, nerdy, but I have my clients make a curiosity list if they're meeting somebody from a dating app before they even get there. Because you're going to go brain dead once you get there and they're hot and you're, you're, you're drinking or you're having soda water and you forget. <laughs> so do the preparation beforehand. Oh, I wanted to ask them about their dog. I wanted to ask them about their Try to stay away from too much work talk. That's it's the write same it questions hand. all the time. Well, you have to write it on your hand. You, once you write do it the preparation, it's in there. It's in there. So I, I I remember like I would pull up to a date. Like okay, I I've been on like I, I must have been at least like five hundred first dates at this point. You know, I'm thirty nine years old. Started dating when I was sixteen. Uh, but I will like look at their profile real quick before like in the car before I yeah. like get out of the car. You know, just a little refresher. Absolutely. I'm amazed at the number of people who don't do that. I'm sure some of your listeners are like, yeah, that has happened to me where they're like, and anyways, Susie. And they're like, my <laughs> name is Sarah. <laughs> there, there, there are times like where, well, I'll go on so many first dates that I'll forget what I've talked to, to who. And, yeah. then, uh, and then I'll repeat a story. I mean, I repeat a lot of stories because my brain, I, my memory is not great. Yeah, same. Um, did you ever keep a date log? No, but my buddy has a, a sex, oh, a hit list. Oh, the hit list. That's funny. Uh, I have my clients actually, many actually friends keep a lot. Because you forget the, you do forget the details, even if you're not drinking. Take notes. Take notes. Take notes. When you get home, write down just a couple things that you remember about the date. Because if you're, ideally, you're going on a lot of dates. Like it's, it, you're not going to meet the one like your first date. So that's ideal. I mean, I think in LA, yes, but like this think is, about someone living in like Port Townsend, whatever, what's Port where there's like, it's like a small town. Yeah. You're, they're not going to go on a bunch of dates. Okay. Good point. They're, they go on a one date every two weeks. because There's no one out there. That is know? a bunch of dates. That is a bunch of dates for a lot of people. Many people come to me and they're like, I have not had a date in two years and not, okay. this is like pre pandemic even. And, you have to be, you have to generate momentum. You have to be talking to people, even if it's like virtual dates, you have to prime the pump a little bit. Just get, get out there, start having these conversations because I feel like we learn in motion. We learn as we are talking to people and we're figuring out what, what signifies attraction, what we're attracted to. And we can't figure it all out just in our head. Like, when people make a list and they're like, oh, only this and I won't go out with anyone who won't make the list. If you haven't even tried to venture off the list, how do you know? How do you know if you haven't tried it? Captain's log. It was a fantastic date. <laughs> she has brown hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, though, Sean. I found an old uh, journal uh, from actually before I met my husband, I'm, I'm writing a book right now. And I was like, oh, that would be cool if I could find like the journal entry from when I met him. I couldn't find that one, but I found all of these other ones that I was like, wow, my memory of that situation is so different than what I actually recorded. It's really funny how memory changes as, as you get further from it. So I think it's a good idea just to keep a little, 
a little bit of uh, just a little notation. And if nothing right. else, and once you're married and you're writing a book about it, you can um, refer back to it. It'll be funny. I I just threw a journal away that had all these letters to one of my ex-girlfriends and they were, I reread them and they were a bit pathetic actually. You Look, know we have all done. That. I love you so much. I'd do anything to be with you. I'll change. Like we are meant to be together. And <laughs> I, there are letters that are, that are hopefully lost somewhere in the Lake Michigan somewhere <laughs> that I hope will never see the light of day. All right, are we ready? There's We're ready. So We're born many. ready. Let's so go. Many. Let's go. Okay, rapid. Who, yeah. Oh, who pays for the first date? Oh, I hate this. See, this is the question I hate. Because I, I am a feminist, and I believe in equality, and I want to say it doesn't matter whoever asked for the date, or maybe you go Dutch. There's some little part in me that um, wants to wants ladies to have their, their dates paid for. But... Um, it's changing, Sean. It's just not the norm anymore. The, splitting it, offering to split, not a deal breaker. Does not mean that this is not a good person. No, I thought, wait, are you saying from like a man's perspective? From a woman's perspective. Because there are a lot of women uh, that still want the dude to pay. And they're, and they're feminists. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, you're talking to one. I, 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 I'm I went on to get a date with this. one. I'm I went on a date with one and she got mad at me for, you know, she offered, she was like split it. And I said, sure. You know, it's not yeah, that was dinner. a ruse. You fell for it. <laughs> oh, I was supposed was to say, say, you're supposed to say, Oh yeah. No, I should have said, you no, no, you got one. it. <laughs> Actually, I left my wall in the car. Can you get this one? I'll get the next one. <laughs> I've, I've heard some stories over the years. I have heard some stories. Luckily, who, I didn't who have pays to for the that. first date. I mean, you know, ideally the first date is not something that you actually have to pay much for. Yeah. A couple coffees and a cookie, you know, what's it's, it's 12 bucks. Just be okay. a mensch and just, just, yeah, just pay for it. Oh, um, wait, just be, <laughs> now it's just be a mensch and pay for it. No, I, I don't have an answer on this one. Honestly, I do not have an answer because I think it's so situational. I also like have a lot of dates and mates listeners who are, have different, uh, gender and sexuality definitions. And so like, then I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Whoever asks. Whoever asks should pay or you split it. Yeah. Things are expensive. Gas is $7 here. Well, that's also not the gas prices, but that's why you don't do a dinner date as the first date. No. And also, no one wants boring. to pick up a $60 bill. 60? Where are you first... going? I was Sonic? <laughs> 60. I was, I was, I mean, for here, here, you can get, a, you can 40, you can get away with 40, I think. That's pretty good. That's good. I'm I'm a low. I, I don't you know. I like fancy restaurants, but I don't go to them very often. It's more like an experience for me. So, you know, yeah, twelve twelve dollar salmon bowl or something. I don't live in L.A. So yeah, I'll tell you. I tell me where there's a twelve dollar salmon bowl here. I want it. But <laughs> uh, but seriously, um, it's just too much. It's too much pressure for the first date financially. It's too much time. You don't need to be doing dinner dates. And just yeah, see what happens. I am I'm definitely seeing a trend of people offering to split and really meaning it, not meaning this means uh, this means I'm not actually attracted to you because that's what that's how a lot of women read it when you're like, oh, I'll split that they read. Oh, I didn't have a very good time, so I don't want to see her. Again. Well, and there's women that also don't want to feel like they owe the other person anything mm -mm. in exchange for that meal or whatever mini golf or. No, I mean if it's mini golf, just 
Just buy it. Say like, what is that? Nine bucks a pop? Just, just pay for it. I'll tell you the most uh, disgusting thing <laughs> that that someone said to me on a date. It was our, I think it was our second date, and I, I we went to like Volcano or some kind of middling restaurant, and uh, then we took a walk and we walked past like Houston Steakhouse or one of the, one of the expensive steakhouses, and the guy was like this is where I'll take you when, when we've been dating for longer. And I was like, excuse me, first of all, I could buy my own steak, sir. I make more money than you do. And yeah, I was no like, thanks. how rude. We never got there. We never got there. No, thanks. Is it Houston's or Houston's? I don't know. I don't actually eat red meat. But I do drink the wine. Sean, I do drink the wine. <laughs> the red wine. <laughs> but only one. Okay. All right. Here we go. This is good. You ready? Yeah. He's a nine, but flirt, uh, but follows, likes, comments on a thousand Instagram models. How to navigate this? Not boyfriend, girlfriend yet. It's not your business, really. Honestly, that's my two cents. I don't think you have any claim to people's social media. Why are you stalking his social media? That's a good point. Why do you even... Well, gosh, it's harder to say this now, but back in the day, you know, I don't follow my girlfriends or people that I'm dating. That is just too much information too soon. I don't want yes. it. Like on Instagram, Great. like on, on Hinge, when they give you their Instagram, no. I'll, I'll peep it, but I ain't following, you know? I'm just trying to get a couple more photos. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> but I don't want the content. I don't want the information. I don't want to see photos of them hugging up on some dude who ends up being their cousin, but I don't know that, you know? Well, it's because the 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 stories that we tell ourselves are really powerful, right? And we get caught up in this fantasy of what we're building with this person in our mind. And then when we see something that doesn't fit into that narrative or that causes us to question ourselves, it sounds like she's questioning her own, her own... I don't know, beauty or uh, she's just feeling insecure that about these models in general, which honey, it ain't even real. All that smoke and mirrors anyway, <laughs> these Instagram models, it's all smoke and mirrors and you feel like you're competing against that. That's his like probably a parasocial relationship. That's not a real relationship. He's he, if he's really talking to you, just focus on that. We can get ourselves so whipped up into circles thinking about this fantasy future or fantasy conversations that he's not even probably having. You know, and I'm going to say if he's following and liking and commenting only hot chicks on Instagram, pass. Okay. See, Honestly, you have to be that's how You had to do it. it. No, 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 no. I, yeah. <laughs> and if that's how he's engaging with social media, that's his primary form of engaging with social media. Like, sure, I get it. It's entertainment. You know, hot chicks are hot. We like looking at them. You know, hot dudes are hot. We like looking at them. But if that's the only way he's in, he's engaging with social media, that's probably not someone I'm going to connect with, right? If I'm going out on a date with a woman and all she's doing is commenting on Abercrombie models, like, I don't just don't think I'm going to have that much in common, Right. And, and also don't really feel like I need to put myself in that kind of situation where I'm going to be anxious about the, the kind of attention that she's giving on hundreds or thousands of other men. I think that's a smart approach. It just depends on where in the process they are, because it sounds like this may also be like, did they meet on social? Did they meet 
in that space, I, I, I think it's just you're doing you're doing too much detective work, girl. <laughs> too much detective. That's right. Just peace out. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like we're and we're here dissecting it. It's like it's it's probably not going to happen anyway. So we're doing too much detective work <laughs> here. That, this is supposed to be rapid fire. Um, I'm so bad it, at rapid fire. Every time I try to do rapid fire, it, it's never. It's at least five minutes per question. Okay, let me try. Let me really try. Okay, he wants to be polyamorous, but I don't. Okay, pass. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> well, obviously, like that's a core value. And no, the, the, how are you going to work through that? That's not going to work. I mean, there, the, <laughs> not yeah. to be contrarian, yeah. the, there <laughs> are, uh, and actually, I'm not being contrarian. I'm just, I want to like be more inclusive. There are relationships in, in which a one partner is poly and the other is mono. And again, that is going to take an insane amount of awareness and sitting with discomfort and communication for people to be able to do that successfully. So Yeah, but she said she's not interested niche. in it. So if she do, if she's not into it, then that this is just that scenario is not is not for them. Well, technically she's she's saying that she doesn't want to be polyamorous. So he can and she can be monogamous. But she has to be okay with the fact that her partner is going to be sleeping with other people. Yeah, good luck with that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know how that works out. Okay, what are guys really looking for during a first date? <laughs> I want to hear your answer. Okay, let me say my answer so that you can disagree with me in a second. Uh -huh. um, I think, well, one, we all know men fall in love with their eyes. Women fall in love between their ears. <laughs> it, physical first. Like anytime I'd, set, I'd have a client out on a date, if they didn't feel physical attraction... Uh, um, if, if a male client didn't feel a physical attraction from the beginning of of some sort, it wasn't, it was not going to happen. Um, women I found could after three dates, but yeah, not so much for guys. Um, beyond that, I think really they want to feel good about themselves. Like they want to feel like you're interested in them. And of course, like you can't be, you can't just be a dum-dum and be completely um, boring or um, unengaging. But I think it's really more about like connection and listening. We're so interested in getting people to like us and we think we need to talk more and tap dance and do more to get them to like us. But really the answer, as I was saying earlier, is about kind of settling into just being in the experience with this person. Huh. You're a guy though. I am. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't actually really care if they like me or not. First of all, um, because I value myself as like a fun, interesting, smart person, and so if they don't like me, then I don't try to take that personally. I just see that as like a mismatch. Um, I'm actually just looking for for like honestly, I'm looking for fun. Mm -hmm. I want it to be light, and I want it to be fun and playful. Right. I want there to be some connection. I want there to be some back and forth. I don't want it to feel like an interview. And of course I want to be, I, you know, I'd love to be attracted to them or at the very least find them cute, you know, cute <laughs> enough to eventually see them naked. That that's really, that's what I'm looking for, but I'm also not the average dude. So. Yes. You're very confident and self-aware. Um, but I did want to comment. No, this is rapid fire. Okay. Real quick, real quick. Okay. If, one thing I wanted to say about attraction, because I hear a lot from older women that like men are only attracted to 
younger women. And I think really it's more about that fun and that flexibility. And a lot of times, sorry, ladies, you know, I'm a woman of a certain age coming up too. When we have life experience, we tend to get sort of, we get sort of stuck in that pattern and it's, we get less flexible. And so I don't think it's the age as much as it is the flexibility. Now disagree also, with me. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I will. Let me find something to disagree with. Um, no, I w- want to say that uh, I was, I thought that men are only looking at younger women and I've made a post about it. Well, not that's not what I said, but in some way, shape or form, I, I, I alluded to this. And I was corrected by a lot of women saying, honey, you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm 60. I got 30-year-old dudes that are knocking down my door. I'm 40. I'm getting approached at the beach by 20-year-olds. Okay. So I just want to like, you know, share with people that the 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 dynamic or the paradigm that men are only looking for younger is no longer true. It's still true, but it's not just that. There are dudes looking at, at older women as well. Yes. And in terms of moving into a relationship, like like you said, you just you want to have fun. You want to have fun on the date. You want to feel like a sense of freedom and fun. So capture that. Whatever age. But you also don't don't just be, oh, I'm just a fun gal. You know, like if don't just ignore everything in the name of fun, right? Like if someone says something upsetting to you, like talk about it. Don't just be like, oh, I'm just gonna be fun and flexible here and like chill. Because that's what guys want. Right. Well, never change yourself to be dateable to or attractive to someone. Don't be a don't be a pizza for everybody. No. If you're gonna be Hawaiian, just be Hawaiian. Okay. I'm a mediocre looking straight dude. I get zero matches on any apps. Tips. It's all in your profile. Uh to start with. Go to demonahoffman.com or datesandmates.com and you can get the free profile starter kit. <laughs> because we have to get there it's look, there's tons of mediocre dudes that are dudes that are getting matches on dating apps. But the profile is probably curated in a certain way. Like you're not putting everything up. You're using that that good magic hour lighting that you're talking about. Maybe it's professional photos. I've seen a lot of mediocre dudes in professional photos look freaking great. And so you you might just need to like think of that as that's like your calling card, right? That's that's bringing them in. So you have to have a profile that stands out as the Hawaiian pizza that you are. And like, don't put pepperoni on it. If you don't, if you're not a pepperoni Hawaiian pizza, just be the Hawaiian pizza, but be the best representation of that Hawaiian pizza. The other thing, when people tell me like they get no messages, usually the truth is not that they're getting no messages. They're just not getting messages or matches with the people that they want. Um, So you might have to pull some different levers like I was talking about and expanding, maybe you expand your location range maybe you expand your um age range maybe what whatever it is that you thought was true what if that was just an idea what if that was your past experience and that is no longer true today how would that change wide open yeah wide open filters well yeah you if you really feel like you're not getting any matches 
you do have to open up your filters. This is something I see a lot on OkCupid because we have the deal breakers where you can click, ladies, that's a deal breaker. Like I only will date people who are within 25 miles of me or whatever it is. And people get real deal breaker happy and then come to me complaining that they don't have any matches. Well, you said, I don't want to see anybody who answered the question in this way or believes this or lives here or is this race or has this education level. So you're filtering your own pool out. So you just need to have to look at what, like pull up the hood. This is what I love doing with people. Like look under the hood, see what those settings are. A lot of times people have set them and forgot them. They set them like five years ago when they first logged into that app and then they like don't even know what they actually said. So look at those. And then the last thing I would say is you gotta be proactive. So you might need to pay for like some of the premium features. You might need to be on an app where you can send a message without a mutual match. You may need to match with more people than you otherwise would uh, to get more options and then seal the deal in the DMs. But it's going to take Yeah, that's a that's a great point because um, some of these apps, he's not getting matches because he's not swiping right on people who are swiping right on him. So if you get that premium feature where you find out everybody or anybody who's swiping right on you. Yeah. Information. Yeah, you'd help yourself out a little bit. Yeah. Information is power. <laughs> I mean, I was in Thailand once. I, I paid for a Tinder premium or whatever because I was Traveling. trying to get laid in, trying to get laid in oh. Thailand. Oh. Oh. One, one night only, you know? Yeah. And I ran out of likes. Dang. And I was like, 14 bucks for more likes. 14 bucks for maybe a hot work? date. How'd that work for you? Worth it. It worked. It worked. <laughs> we went, it was really fun. Cheaper actually. than a hooker. <laughs> Wait, no, cheaper than a hooker. And, uh, and then in the morning, we like had breakfast and we went shopping. It was cool. Look at that. See? And it's like, it's all about having these experiences. Like that, it doesn't always have to be. We put so much pressure and intensity on like what? what all this means, what we're trying. It can just be an experience and that can be what it is. Also, I'm all pro sex workers. So, you know, if you've got the, you got the means and you got the desire, go for it. No judgment on my behalf here. I think maybe is hookers derogatory. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm, ac- I'm asking. I'm not, I don't know much, but. Sure. It I probably is. Much. It probably is. I've been canceled already. <laughs> I've been canceled so many times. <laughs> Our apologies to sex workers if hookers is uh, is derogatory. I, I meant to say, yeah, okay, sex workers. <laughs> sorry, I meant to say I think we'll only be okay. fans. I think we're gonna, we're gonna weather only this fans storm. Entrepreneur is what I meant to say. <laughs> I think we're gonna weather this storm. I think <laughs> okay. we're okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. We're both loving people. We're trying to help here. Of course. Um, oh yeah. So sex on the first date uh, does that does that change things? Mm-hmm. I think it does. Again, I'm going to teach the rule and not the exception. Can you I'll teach ha- the exception? Go for it. But no, no, you go, my, go with the rule. In my practice, the- I have seen that. Look, I'm I'm all, also sex positive. If you want to have sex on the first date, fine. But most people come to me for a long term relationship. Statistically speaking, those who have sex on the first date, there's less to be discovered, and it tends to. Uh, the the curiosity that I said drives the first per- three dates particularly tends to wane. There's less to be curious about. You make your own choices, but if you're trying to move towards a 
long-term relationship, you may be uh, acting against your best interests. I agree with you. Oh, I thought you were going to take the opposite point. And <laughs> I, I had a teacher in college say, the longer you keep your clothes on, the higher the ceiling raises. What which class I, I think, is this? Hold on. Dude, it was a creative writing class, and he never explained the thing. It was just a real weird intro to the class. And now he's and I in think prison. what he meant, he's <laughs> in prison. And what he meant to say when I interviewed him in prison was that, uh, you know, you, you raise the level of excitement, mm-hmm. right? Of potential excitement if you wait a little bit. And so I'm also sex positive, And if you're looking to have sex and, ever, and they are as well, and, and you're okay with it maybe changing the, dra- the trajectory of the relationship... Uh, and oh. all the many consequences therein, um, depending on which state you're in also right now. Yeah. I mean, are you using birth control? What happens if there's an accidental pregnancy? That is a thing that I have started talking to people that I've been on dates with, right? If we're going to be sexually active, like, you know, what are what's their plan? Well, of course, are they on birth control? What birth control are you going to use? What are the risks? If there's an accidental pregnancy, what what's the, what are what is their desire? Right. So, yeah. like, these are all important questions to ask. Well, we just actually added some questions after the Roe v. Wade um, overturned decision to OKCupid's um, matching questions, and now. Two-thirds of daters are saying that discussing your stance on abortion is just as important as sharing your STI status now before sex. So, you know, I used to say, like, yeah, make sure, like, you know they're, you know, what's, you know what they got. Now you also have to find out what their thoughts are on abortion. Yeah, it's not just sexual history, it's sexual future as well. Oh, that was so profound. Can I write that down? No, I'm taking notes. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's true, though. It's true. Like, not to make it complicated, I I used to say that this was the best time ever in history for a woman to be single because we have so much choice now. Like, our our grandmothers and great-grandmothers, like, pretty much just met and married, you know, whoever was down the street or went to their church or knew their mom or went to their school. (laughs) And now we have so much choice. But, um... I have to rewrite that, Sean, because uh, some of our choice has been taken away. It's true. Yeah. Careful who you have sex with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a mom, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, I picked it's, a good it's, one, but yeah, it's not a, don't take that lightly. So my girlfriend and I, uh, when, when, the, when the leaked draft opinion came out, uh, we had a conversation that day, wow. you know, like, hey. You know, we've been dating X amount of months. Um, if you were to get pregnant, uh, what would you want to do? And she was like, honestly, like, I don't know you enough to want to have your kid right now. And I'm still in school. So mm-hmm. and I was like, cool, mm-hmm. great. I will support that. And I'm glad we talked about it. Kudos to you for and bringing I don't, and that we wouldn't have, Yeah, We wouldn't have talked about it, right? Like, I don't think we would have talked about it, even though, you know, she's on birth control and um, there's failure rates. Mm-hmm. So now we know. Now you know. She was like, I had a feeling that you were pro-choice when I decided to sleep with you <laughs> based on what, how you act and what you say. Yeah. But it's nice to know for sure that, how you would act. It's so important to have these uncomfortable, awkward conversations because it's less uncomfortable than not having had the conversation and what the outcomes there could be. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, so speaking of, uh, this is this is kind of a wild question, but do you believe the pull away or pull out method is a thing in early stage dating? Come on, get out of here with that question. Are you serious? No, but, but, but no. it's a woman asking. It's a woman asking. So, I, but is... I, I, I think it is a thing. I think people are still trying to get away with this stuff, and I don't, I don't think it should be a thing. I think you should have really strong boundaries about having unprotected sex with people. This is the problem with a lot of states also (laughs) getting rid of sex education in schools. Like when I went to school in the great state of Michigan, shout out to my Michiganians, uh, we learned we learned all this and we learned the effective the effective rates, the how effective each method of birth control was and the pull out method. Please, please. It's right there with not pulling out. It's right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if you need a scientific a basis for that opinion, you can just go ahead and Google it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's not make it a thing. Let's stop making it a thing. Um, if a guy wants to have sex with you without a condom, uh, you're well within your right to say, nope. I do not want to have sex with you. And that is probably not the kind of person that you want to be having sex with. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. I'll go that far. I'll go that far. Yeah. We're still having this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, of course we are. Yeah. Um, All right. We'll do two more and then I'm going to let you go. You've got, you know, you got a family to raise. You got, Work, you know, what are you doing? I, I enjoy spending time with you and answering questions from your peeps. So, uh, the kids can <laughs> wait. No, <laughs> the kids can wait. Um, do, do, do. Okay, so he rarely texts, says he definitely wants a second date, and yet no second date. Bail or hang in there. This is where you have to go by the Maya Angelou school of dating, where she said. Uh, I- I haven't taken her classes yet. She said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Don't make them prove it to you again and again. He's showing you with his actions. And, you know, we we are conditioned to think that so much of communication has to be verbal, but some of it is nonverbal. And you can just waste a lot of your time and effort chasing him around. And it doesn't mean you've been rejected. It doesn't mean that you're not enough. It just means that this guy cannot show up for you in the way that you deserve right now. What about saying, hey, homie, you're talking big game about that second date. Are you into it or you just blowing smoke? Well, I'm a big fan of, I tell women to take control of their dating destiny. So this is, I'm I'm very pro women sending the first message on, on apps. I'm very pro women approaching guys out and about. I, I'm so done with traditional gender roles. It's not even funny. But... What sometimes happens, I think, is we get into in these sticky situations, we think, oh, he's supposed to be doing this. He's supposed to be asking me out. And so then we stay in this period of confusion where if you just like you said, yeah, of course, just be like, hey, this thing is happening this date. Do you want to go or are we going to go out this weekend or just just bring it to a head? And then you have a clear answer. And if he doesn't respond after that, then you have your answer. But we got to also listen to the answers because sometimes when it doesn't line up with that fantasy that we were talking about earlier, then we don't want to hear it. And that's where confusion comes in. Seek clarity, but also 
you know, people show you who they are. Yeah. I love clarity. I think clarity is really underrated because we're, we're really afraid. We're afraid of feeling anything. Like we're all so numbed out that the idea of telling someone that you like them or that you want to see them again and having them say, I'm not into it keeps us from even finding out the answer. But having been through this situation many, many times, I find the clarity so empowering. It is so much better to know than to waste your time or chase someone that's not interested. One hundo. Hundo. <laughs> hundo. Yeah, my, my dad's favorite. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking that. My dad's favorite motto, it should just be a family crest, is trust but verify. You know? <laughs> and I always thought that was like, that's not very, you know, like accepting. He's like, no, it is. You know, you trust, but you got to make sure. So trust he wants to go on a second date, but verify. Hey, man, are you, are you actually into this second date or no? Because that's also fine. Just tell me. True. So true. Um, how long do you recommend dating before becoming exclusive? I get this question so much and I know everybody wants timelines and they want certainty and I, I will give it to you, but I will also say every timeline is different. I find for most of my clients within eight to 12, 14 weeks, usually if it's going to be exclusive somewhere within that window, usually someone will initiate the conversation or two, three months. Yeah. Okay, that was the easier way to say it. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like to narrow. I like to condense weeks. things down. You know, I'm counting. I didn't know where you were going now. with. Tw- I didn't know where you were going with that. It could have been twelve to fourteen dates. I was like, oh, is it dates? dates? Is it a date no. thing I mean, or is usually it a month it's thing? D- in dates. So I like to also practice slow love. Have my clients practice slow love and space out the interactions over time. You're having me give you all of my good stuff is here, this Sean. Trademarked. This is so good. Everything is, is TM. Everything slow is slow love. TM. No, no, I didn't. So, I didn't come up with slow dates. love. I cannot claim that. No, no, no. I did not come up with that. I have. I'm I've coming just, up with space the dates. Space the dates. I have. I have another one. I'm saving it though for my book. I'll come back when my book is out. I'll tell you. But <laughs> that's in 2024. So don't hold your breath. But. I do find that when you space it out about once a week in the in the first month, once a week, yeah. maybe twice a week, it it lasts longer. It lasts longer. You have more discovery, you have more curiosity, and you can see how you really feel about this person in between. Like are you thinking about them? Are you excited to see them or do you find like, "Oh, I'm feeling if you see them every day, it's just it's it can be too much too soon." Every day. I mean, I'm busy. I know you're busy. I, I'm busy. I well, no, but not just me. <laughs> Actually, I'm not even that busy. I like to spend a lot of alone time. So true. Um, but and you have that, to value I'm busy that. Being alone, you have to value that. Like that's another thing that I see people like they'll have their life set, and then as soon as they meet someone, they'll like throw all of that away and like I'm just available whenever you want me to be. And I know people listening are like, "That's not me," but then you do it, and then it happens. So try to consciously space out the dates and practice slow love. Speaking of, is being too available, quote unquote, available, off-putting to men? Am I doing a little psychic work here? Because I feel like I'm anticipating the questions. (laughs) No, you're picking them to make me seem psychic. Uh, Well, I I flagged it earlier and then, you know, it seemed like a good opportunity. Uh, Yeah, but not just to men. Like, you just don't compromise everything that you want in your life and be so available to anyone because 
Well, first of all, you have things to do, right, Sean? You're very busy. Dude, you're spending a lot build of a, a fucking life. Build a life. Build a life. And then you'll have things to talk about on your dates. It's like a build virtuous a- cycle that will keep going. I like to tell people, build a big life that you are proud of. Yeah. Regardless of your relationship status, especially if you're single, uh, which will put you in the touch, will put you in touch or in contact with new people on a regular basis, will fulfill you in a variety of different ways, right? Volunteering, giving back, career that you're proud of, friends, hobbies, exercise, meditation, all that shit. And if you're doing that, you're not that available. You you have like two, three days that you're open to be go, to going on dates with, you know? Yeah, agreed. But also don't be too unavailable. Like uh, I made the mistake. I will fully own. Yes. I was real busy. And uh, like my husband was even like, uh, it was kind of weird. After our first date, I was like, oh, I got to. I, I got to lock this down. So, you know, I got, I was, I knew he was traveling and then he was going to come back like two weeks uh, from that point. So I was like, well, let's put a date on the books for when you're back. And it was a, it was a little bit eager, but it was also because I was booking two weeks out. I was very busy and I wanted to make sure that I saw him, but it, nobody wants to just like be a thing on your calendar. So I wasn't really yeah. taking into account how that would make him feel. And I just wanted to add one other thing on the make building a big life. You said, you know, in, in dating, but also in relationships, I see too many people getting lost in their relationships. I get a lot of people who are divorced who are coming to me after never having really dated or not having dated for 10 or 15 or 20 years. And when you've lost yourself in that relationship it's so much harder to rebuild your life and you're not living a fulfilling life if you're just living for your partner. So maintain that alone time. I still have my alone time, my exercise time, my my hobbies and crafts, my nerdy things. <laughs> I keep yeah. all of those things going and yeah. really the number of things that you need to have over the interest you need overlapping with your partner, it's actually quite small statistically when three. you look at it. Three, three things. I would even say maybe two, but two or nice. three. Like if eating is one of them, <laughs> like my husband and I both having like to, sex is the other one. Having sex, it's like one, yeah. So uh, one one joint activity, you know, like uh, we could. like going to the farmers market on Sundays. Again, yeah, then you could, you know, just maintain your friendships and maintain your other relationships and your family because your your partner cannot be everything to you. It's not fair. This is a fantastic point. I think that you're you're right. Uh, I mean, you obviously you've seen this with your clients, but you know, I sort of assume that some people really want a relationship so badly that once they get it, you know, they, they were building everything up just to have the relationship. And once they have the relationship, boom, everything else disappears. Mm-hmm. And true. that's, you know, that's a lot of pressure for one, for one partner. And also what happens when that partner, if, if they leave, you know, or they, God forbid they die or, you know, whatever you're left with nothing. So true. So true. So you need something. So so glad that we can we can leave people on this uplifting note. Yeah, I thought we were going to end on the abortion part, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> they're never going to no, listen to my leave- podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> no, your podcast is fantastic. Your work is fantastic. I could do this honestly for another hour and a half if uh, if I if you weren't I- going into some serious alone time in a minute. <laughs> I know totally. Yeah, post post talking. Um, <laughs> I, I love your work. I think you're fantastic. How can people find you and how can they work with you? 
Best place to find me is on the socials at Damona Hoffman. D-A-M-O-N-A-H-O-F-F-M-A-N. Also, I have lots of resources on the Dates and Mates podcast, which we have new episodes for every Tuesday. Season 10 is launching in August. 10 years of the same podcast. And uh, I also have, like I was telling you about the free profile starter kit, which is free for a limited time. I am, uh, it's not going to be free forever. So if you're just like, I don't know how to, what she was talking about, about designing a great profile that magnetizes the dates to me and all that, uh, go to datesandmates.com and it's free right there. Dates and Mates, Dates and Mates podcast, Demona Hoffman on Instagram, Drew Barrymore's personal love coach. Oh, yeah, you, season Wapo, three of Drew Barrymore show. And columnists. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not busy at all, Sean. <laughs> I have tons of me time and alone time. Uh, you can catch me everywhere. But uh, but no, I really love uh, I love connecting with people directly. So I'd love to hear from you in the DMs or um, have you listen to Dates and Mates. Let me know what's on your mind. Bold, bold thank move. Um, thank you for your time. Wisdom, what way, way, one last question. What does love mean to you? Oh, gosh. Uh, love to me means... Care. It it just means uh, to care or to be cared for and supported uh, in in an authentic way. Love it. Nailed it. <laughs> there are no wrong answers. There are no wrong answers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Was not prepared. Demona. Thank you for your time and your wisdom and for sharing everything that you have with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. 